What is up, you guys? Welcome to another edition of Controversial Thoughts. I have been getting tons of questions about vitamin A toxicity, possibly related with liver consumption. And so I wanted to do a Controversial Thoughts video all about this to really lay it out for you guys and give you all the details and give you my thoughts on this. If you just want the crib notes, I don't have concerns about vitamin A toxicity related to liver consumption, especially grass-fed, grass-finished, regeneratively raised liver, the kind that we only use in hardened soil supplements, the kind that you can get from the right type of farms that you should be supporting in reasonable doses, like what you would accept, like what you would uh, be expected or reasonably encounter in a hunter-gatherer environment. Meaning, when I was with the Hadza and we killed a goat, one of the Hadza tribe members took the liver out and literally treated it like it was made of a Fabergé egg. He was so careful with it. He gently placed it on a rock. They took such care with the liver, much more care than any of the other organs. They clearly prized the liver and they cut maybe an ounce off and they gave it to each of us. And so you can imagine that the day before we had baboon, we had a little bit of liver from the baboon. We had a little bit of liver from the goat. It's probably not evolutionarily consistent to be eating a pound of liver per day, but reasonable amounts of liver, an ounce, two ounces, three ounces of liver a day is are probably reason, you know, within the realm of what you might find in the natural world and you're eating it with other organs and with muscle meat. As you hear in this video, it all works synergistically. So I have no concerns about vitamin A from liver, vitamin A toxicity from liver consumed in those amounts that are evolutionarily consistent, that are ancestrally consistent. When we formulate our supplements, when I formulated all of these, you'll see that the amount of liver in these supplements is moderate. It's enough to give you the benefits without getting you anywhere near any dose of vitamin A that could be in any way, shape or form worrisome for toxicity. So let's begin at the beginning here. Let's use our brains, let's use our noggins and think intuitively about this. Let's be reasonable. Does it make any sense for this prized organ from all sorts of hunter-gatherer tribes all throughout human evolution that has so many nutrients in it that are difficult to obtain in other places? Biotin, vitamin A, folate, riboflavin, peptides, manganese, zinc, copper, which is valuable. And I'll talk a little about copper in this video too. So many compounds, vitamin K2, choline, the list goes on and on that are uniquely found in liver. Does it make any sense for this to be bad for us? No, absolutely not. And there's no historical precedent for this. Can massive amounts of fat soluble vitamins like vitamin E, vitamin D, vitamin A, or vitamin K2 be harmful for humans? Yeah, probably, but we would never have obtained massive amounts of these vitamins evolution, evolutionarily. And if we're eating animals and not eating supplements, we're gonna have a really hard time, and I mean synthetic supplements of vitamin A, we're gonna have a really hard time getting to toxic levels of any of these fat-soluble vitamins. We could also think the same thing about vitamin D. Our body has a way of moderating the amount of vitamin D that we're gonna convert from 25-hydroxy to 125-hydroxy vitamin D at the level of the kidney. So when you're in the sun, like I am a lot, if you're watching the YouTube video, you know that I'm pretty tan right now. 
My body is making a lot of 25-hydroxy vitamin D, but it's regulating how much 1,25-hydroxy vitamin D gets made. There are stop gaps in place. And what you will find if you look at the fat-soluble vitamins, that would be E, D, A, and K2, or all of the K isomers, both the menoquinones and the phyloquinones, they all work in tandem. So your levels of vitamin D can actually affect how your body metabolizes vitamin A. It just all works evolutionarily. And as we'll hear in this video, other nutrients found in animal meat and organs like zinc can play a crucial role, or they do play a crucial role in vitamin A metabolism and zinc deficiency could worsen vitamin A toxicity. So if we're getting large amounts of fat soluble vitamins in isolation, like we might if we're taking synthetic supplements that are not whole forms of organs or animal foods, that could throw things out of whack as well. There's a really elegantly designed natural system here, guys, that if you are eating animals from nose to tail as the majority of your diet, the type of diet I'm so excited about, we might call it a hashtag animal-based diet, and the least toxic plant foods, there are so many nutrients that work in tandem. And if you're eating reasonable amounts of especially liver, things that mirror what you might get evolutionarily, an ounce a day, half a pound per week, occasionally more than that on a daily basis, there is essentially little to no risk, like essentially no risk of vitamin A toxicity. Now, vitamin A toxicity exists, like I said, like all fat-soluble vitamin toxicities do. You can take too much vitamin D and get toxicity. You can take too much vitamin E and get toxicity. You can take too much vitamin K2 and get toxicity. But would you get those amounts in nature? No. How much vitamin A do you need to be to have toxicity? If you look at the literature, and I'll show you some here in a moment, long-term consumption of excess 25,000 IUs of vitamin A per day for years and years is necessary to even begin thinking about toxicity. 25,000 IUs of vitamin A is about what's found in five ounces of liver, of cow's liver per day. So if you were eating five ounces of liver per day for years and years and years, there's inter-individual variation. That may not even cause toxicity, but in some individuals, perhaps individuals who are zinc deficient, maybe they're eating 25,000 IU of vitamin A per day in the form of a supplement, and they're not eating enough animal foods and they're zinc deficient or they're not getting enough vitamin D because they're not outside, inter-individual variation may result in toxicity at that level over years, six plus years, 10 years. On a shorter term basis, like six months, the only recorded cases are over 100,000 units of vitamin A a day. 100,000 IU of vitamin A a day, taking six months plus to result in toxicity. And even with that, there's inter-individual inter variation. If you're curious for sources here, check out this paper, The Acute and Chronic Toxic Effects of Vitamin A. You'll see here an acute elevation of retinoids other than retinyl esters, e.g. retinoic acid, occurs after the ingestion of a large amount of vitamin A, a large amount. The metabolism of vitamin A supplementation has been well studied in pigs. I'll show you a pig study in a moment. That's why I'm mentioning that, which because of intestinal tract similarities are a good model for humans. If we scroll down here, there are a couple of studies that I'll reference in a moment, but effect of chronic high vitamin A intakes on circulating vitamin A and tissue storage, acute toxicity, which occurs when adults and children ingest uh, greater than 100X and greater than 20X the RDA respectively for vitamin A over a period of hours or a few days. 
is less of a problem than chronic toxicity from preformed vitamin A. Preformed vitamin A they're referring to there is retinol palmitate, the retinoic acid forms of vitamin A rather than beta carotene, which I'll talk about at the end of this video. Chronic toxicity results from the ingestion of high amounts of preformed vitamin A for months or years. Daily intakes of greater than 25,000 IU for more than six years and 100,000 IU for more than six months are considered toxic. But there is a wide inter-individual variability for the lowest intake required to elicit toxicity. Possibilities include reduced chylomicron clearance of vitamin A, increased intestinal absorption of vitamin A, and other nutritional factors such as zinc deficiency, a condition that is common among the elderly as reasons why there is so much inter-individual variability in the toxicity levels of vitamin A. So back to the original point. If you take a human and you feed them retinol palmitate in a supplement and they're not eating meat, they're not getting vitamin A with the other cofactors that occur with vitamin A in the liver or egg yolks, and you feed them a ton of it at levels that are inconsistent evolutionarily with what we would have encountered, you could probably induce vitamin A toxicity if you gave massive amounts of something without other co-occurring things. If you really wanted to induce vitamin A toxicity, you could put that person in a dark room, you could scare them with something like COVID and tell them not to go in the sun also. And having vitamin D insufficiency can worsen vitamin A toxicity as well. If you look at the literature in detail, you'll find that if you have vitamin D sufficiency, that's probably more than 30 uh, milligrams per deciliter for your vitamin D level, more than 300,000 IU of vitamin A per day are required over long periods, months to years, to result in toxicity. Remember that one ounce of liver has about 5,000 IUs of vitamin A. If you do the math on that, you'll come up with around 66.0 ounces of liver per day for months to years if you are vitamin D sufficient to result in toxicity. That's a lot of liver. 60 ounces a day? A pound is 16 ounces a day. Nobody's eating seven pounds of liver per day for that amount of time, but that's what might be required if you're vitamin D deficient, if you look at the literature. If you're vitamin D replete, diets with higher levels of polyunsaturated fats also increase the likelihood of vitamin A toxicity at lower doses, as does supplementing with water-soluble forms of vitamin A, like retinyl acetate. The retinyl palmitate that's found in liver is fat-soluble. So if you're not supplementing with fake forms of vitamin A, if you're getting your vitamin A from liver and egg yolks, foods that have been ancestrally treasured forever, and you're eating it in amounts that are reasonably consistent with what we would have found evolutionarily, amounts that we've mirrored in our supplements from hardened soil, amounts that I've recommended all the time, an ounce, two ounces a day of grass-fed, grass-finished liver, the chances that you are gonna get vitamin A toxicity are essentially zero, especially if you're doing all the other things that are important to live a healthy life. Now, what are the symptoms of vitamin A toxicity? Usually, acutely, it's nausea, vomiting, and headache. Sometimes people get problems with hair loss. You can get other issues with hormonal imbalances. How do you test vitamin A? There's no great test for vitamin A levels in your body, but you can check serum levels of vitamin A. And the reference range is usually 15 to around 60 micrograms per deciliter. If you're interested in what labs become abnormal if you're vitamin A toxic, you would start with a serum vitamin A. That would probably be the first one. Then you're gonna go on to things like GGT, alkaline phosphatase, 
triglycerides, prothrombin time, bilirubin, and others, eventually leading to an elevated serum calcium in your body. You probably don't have any of those problems. So I wouldn't worry about it, especially if you're doing all the other things and eating liver in an ancestrally consistent way. There are some who believe that vitamin A itself is not a vitamin, it's a toxin. I don't think there's a lot of good evidence to support this hypothesis. And there are known severe symptoms and actual clinical conditions associated with vitamin A deficiency. Most notably, things like growth retardation, xerophthalmia, which is keratinization of the eyes, especially the cornea and the sclera, poor night vision, hyperkeratosis, which can result as bumps in the skin, poor immune function, and eventually leading to sometimes massive organ failure, decreased sex drive, delayed puberty, kidney stones, all of these are potential signs and symptoms of a vitamin A deficiency. So if all of those are the signs of the deficiency, how can this vitamin be so toxic for humans? It's not toxic, it's fat soluble. And so we should eat it from an ancestrally consistent form with all of the, form, all of the other nutrients that it comes with ancestrally. And we shouldn't really fall prey to fear mongering or misinformation about vitamin A. But Paul, you say, what about polar bear liver? I've heard that Arctic explorers died from eating polar bear liver. Well, I'm glad you asked. In fact, I have a study specifically looking at polar bear liver and the amount of vitamin A in it, which I found when I was writing my book and I thought it was an interesting piece of historical evidence. The vitamin A content and toxicity of bear and seal liver. This is October 23rd, 1942. If you look at this paper, you'll find that when they actually look at the amount of vitamin A in polar bear liver, it's 100 times higher than the amount of vitamin A in cow's liver. So any dose of cow's liver that you're eating, imagine multiplying that by 100 and then realize that it takes about 365 grams of polar bear liver to induce acute toxicity in these Arctic explorers, a little less than a pound. So think about the math there for a moment. If you're eating one or two ounces of liver per day, you would have to multiply that by 100 to get the amount found an equivalent amount of polar bear liver. You have to eat 100 ounces of liver per day, which is an insane amount, to get the amount of vitamin A found in one ounce of cow's liver. And that just gives you a sense of the scale. It's two orders of magnitude difference. So polar bear liver, completely different situation than cow's liver. So let's move on to talk about a few studies that have been done with liver versus supplements, which are kind of interesting. So there's this one, Boos et al, number 37 in this paper, studied the effects of five different vitamin A doses on plasma vitamin A and its metabolites in women. Women who received the supplement rather than an equivalent dose of fried calf's liver had significantly higher concentrations of retinoids than those who did receive those who received the liver, possibly because of the food matrix, the food matrix may have ameliorated the absorption rate or altered the circulating forms of vitamin A. So there's also evidence from studies in pigs that the kinetics of supplements versus liver may not be the same. Our results indicate that intestinal metabolism contributes to the elevated of all transretinoic acid in the systematic circul systemic circulation after supplementation with vitamin A, but not after consumption with liver. If you read this paper, it'll say, show you that 
the actual supplement of liver resulted in much different kinetics in vitamin A than supplemental forms of retinol palmitate. Now, I think that we can essentially treat retinol palmitate as retinol palmitate, but it does speak to the fact that there is some difference in the way that a supplement of liver, retinol palmitate, is absorbed relative to actual cow's liver. I don't think you should be taking retinol palmitate because as I mentioned earlier, there are so many other important occurring cofactors in liver that you'll benefit from. Why not just eat liver? And just in case you're wondering, liver is definitely not the filter for the body. Toxins do not accumulate in the liver. The liver is full of multiple enzymatic systems that are involved in detoxification, the so-called phase one and phase two detoxification systems that do things like oxidation, hydrolysis, glucuronidation, glutathionylation, to toxic compounds to prepare them for excretion in the stool or the urine. So toxins are not stored in the liver. There are many nutrients in the liver because it is an enzymatic powerhouse of our metabolism. Remember that the liver is also where ketones are made. So there's all sorts of magical things that happen in the liver, but toxins are not stored there. Toxins are then exported to go out in your pee and your poop. So the liver is not a filter, guys. Remember that. Now people always ask, what about pregnancy? And this, I think, is also a very misunderstood topic. I believe that an ounce or two of liver a day or the equivalent in our desiccated organ supplements from hardened soil is completely safe for women in pregnancy and is probably very beneficial. There was a study that was published in 1995 by Kenneth Rothman that raised a lot of concern, but this is the name, this is the study, uh, teratogenicity of high vitamin A intake. Teratogens are things that cause cancer in medical parlance. But if you look at the study, they had a hard time distinguishing women who were consuming vitamin A from supplements or women who were consuming vitamin A from food. And most of the food that these women were consuming the vitamin A from was certainly not liver. It was probably fortified cereals. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Chris Masterjohn, who wrote a great article in 2013 at Weston A. Price looking at some of these issues. And he specifically addresses it here in a sidebar in the his article on vitamin A in pregnancy. He says, the claim that intakes of vitamin A over 10,000 IU can increase the risk of birth defects can be traced back to a 1995 paper published by a group of researchers led by Dr. Kenneth Rothman of Boston University. And he goes on to talk about the results of the study. The researchers followed almost 23,000 women over the course of their pregnancies, found that women who consumed more than 10,000 IU of vitamin A during the first trimester gave birth to offspring with a 2.4 greater fold, greater risk of total birth defects and a 4.8 fold greater risk of cranial neural crest defects. Among the 188 women uh, who consumed this amount of vitamin A from quote food alone, there was an 80% increase in the risk of total birth defects and two times the risk of cranial neural crest defects. Because there were so few women, women consuming vitamin A from quote food alone, however, the researchers could not conclusively distinguish the association from the effect of chance. That means it was not statistically significant. Chris goes on to say, the study has a number of important flaws. Most of the vitamin A came from multivitamins. The, author did not, the authors did not distinguish between various food sources. And most, quote, food vitamin A comes from fortified breakfast cereals. Three groups of experts wrote to the journal questioning the author's classification of cranial neural crest defects as well. Perhaps most important, the authors may have underestimated the rate of certain types of birth defects. The rate of total birth defects among the 20,000 women consuming less than 10,000 IU was only 1.5%. By contrast, Chris points out, the generally accepted background rate is three to 4%. The rate of defects among the 3,000 women consuming more than 10,000 IU of vitamin A was 3%. 
the lower end of normal, which we usually observe for birth defects in the general population. So Chris goes on to say, the most important objection to the study is the fact that it conflicts with all the other evidence. An earlier 1990 study conducted in Spain found that among 25,000 births, doses of vitamin A over 40,000 IU carried a 2.7 fold risk higher of birth defects. 40,000 IU is a lot of liver, remember, but doses of vitamin A up to 20,000 or between 20,000 and 40,000 carried a 50% lower risk of birth defects compared to no supplementation. 1996 study, 500,000, 522,601 births found that children of women supplementing with at least 10,000 IU of vitamin A in addition to a multivitamin had a lower risk of birth defects than those women who did not supplement, although the association, could, the association was not statistically significant. 1997 study, uh, 1,508 births found no relationship between birth defects and the use of vitamin A supplements, fortified breakfast cereals, organ meats, or liver. 1999 prospective study of 311 mothers who consumed, who consumed one between 10,000 and 300,000 IU of vitamin A in the first trimester and a similarly sized group that did not supplement with vitamin A found no evidence of an increased risk of major malformations with increasing dose. The median dose was 50,000 IU. The group as a whole had a 50% lower risk of major malformations than those who did not supplement. And there were no major malformations in offspring born to mothers consuming more than 50,000 IUs. So I do not have concerns about women taking liver in pregnancy. I recommend our supplements for women in pregnancy. I recommend fresh liver to women in pregnancy. I recommend organs and an animal-based diet to women in pregnancy. Obviously this is a video on YouTube and Instagram and my podcast. This is not medical advice. Don't take it as that, but those are the recommendations I would give to my family. And historically, let's go back to thinking about this from a critical perspective. Liver has been prized and is given to women who have conceived, who want to conceive. We have not seen avoidance of liver historically from ethnographic evidence in any way, shape or form. In fact, it's completely the reverse. Now, another really important point from this article by Chris, is the pregnancy RDA for vitamin A even adequate? The RDA for vitamin A in pregnant women is 2,600 IU, just 300 more IU than the RDA for women who are not pregnant. So Chris talks about how they obtained this figure, which is a little bit crazy. They looked at the amount of liver um, stored in the fetuses of babies that were spontaneously or voluntarily aborted between 37 and 40 weeks. They doubled this figure, assuming that half of the fetal vitamin A stores exist in the liver. And third, they divided this amount over the number of days in the last trimester during which they presumed this vitamin A would accumulate. So many problems with the calculation, the fetuses are aborted. We don't know if they would have had good visual acuity, good hearing, good intelligence, and if their facial and dental features, their reproductive health or their length of life would have been adequate. And the function of vitamin A, of course, is not to be stored, but to be used. The fetus does not simply hold on to vitamin A to use it after birth, but rapidly uses and metabolizes it to regulate the entirety of its growth and development. So I am on board and agree with the Weston A. Price Foundation that the RDAs for vitamin A are probably significantly low and pregnant women should, in my mind, be getting anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 IU of vitamin A per day. Important. And I would recommend that pregnant women get this from liver. Women who are trying to conceive, I would recommend they get this from liver as our ancestors have always done evolutionarily. Let's go back to the original calculation about one ounce of liver is 5,000 IUs of vitamin A. 
If you want to get this from fresh liver, you can just take an ounce of liver. You can either eat it raw, make sure the quality is good. There's always problems with eating raw food. You could get sick. That's a disclaimer. You could cook it, or you can get it from desiccated organ supplements. If you want to get it from desiccated organ supplements, I would combine something like Heart of the Warrior with beef organs, or Heart of the Warrior with bone marrow and liver, or Heart of the Warrior with skin, hair, and nails to get an adequate dose of vitamin A and all the other nutrients in liver, along with your other organs during pregnancy, preconception, or for overall health. And since I mentioned hair, skin, and nails, I want to share with you guys a review about this one, which is incredible. This is the coolest part of having hardened soil. This review is from Zoe. She says, I'm in my mid-20s, been struggling with breakouts for 12 years. I tried so many things to no avail. I constantly had acne in my face. There wasn't a single day I didn't have two or three zits, usually more. After two weeks of taking hair, skin, and nails from hardened soil, I noticed more bright complexion and fewer breakouts. The breakouts I did have were smaller, less red, and horrible looking, went away much quicker. Now over a month, I've had 99% improvement, even while traveling and eating some junk food. I barely had any acne, and the couple small dits only lasted a few days. A few days. I've never felt so confident in my skin. My hair also feels and looks healthier. It's usually mostly straight, but I have been getting these amazing little beachy waves, which only happened once in a blue moon before. Didn't last long after waking up. My nails are stronger too. I can't thank Paul and Hardened Soil enough. So. How cool is that, you guys? If you need desiccated organs, if you're interested in liver, which I know will level up your health and help you reclaim your birthright to radical health, check us out at heartandsoil.co. I wanna wrap up this video with a discussion of BCMO polymorphisms and beta carotene after I show you guys some other really cool studies about the benefits of vitamin A to really drive home the notion that this is a valuable thing in humans. So this is a pretty interesting study looking at leaky gut and autoimmune disease and retinoic acid, which is preformed bioavailable vitamin A. And previous studies from this laboratory have shown that lupus mice also bear a leaky gut, and that the intestinal barrier function can be enhanced by gut colonization of probiotics by lactobacillus. Retinoic acid can increase the relative abundance of lactobacillus species in the gut. Interestingly, retinoic acid has also been shown to strengthen the barrier function of epithelial cells in vitro and in the absence of probiotic bacteria. This report brings up an interesting question of whether retinoic acid exerts protective effects on the intestinal barrier directly or through regulating the microbiotic colonization. How fascinating is that? So if you want to heal leaky gut, including some liver in your diet might be a very good thing. Do you guys understand why I get a little bit chafed when people kind of spread information that makes them fearful, makes others fearful incorrectly of consuming the foods that are ancestrally prized and are probably at the center of optimal human health? Yeah, it's a little bit of fear mongering. One more study, vitamin A and iron supplementation as, is as efficient as hormonal therapy in constitutionally delayed children. These are children with delayed puberty and they treated them with either hormones or vitamin A and iron. And guess what? Subnormal intake of vitamin A is one of the etiological factors in delayed pubertal maturation. Supplementation of both vitamin A and iron to normal constitutionally delayed children with subnormal vitamin A intake is as efficacious as hormone therapy in the induction of growth and puberty. If you want your kids to have delayed puberty, don't feed them liver. If you want them to grow up to be healthy adults, you might wanna get them some vitamin A. And I would say liver is the best source. Kids can definitely take our supplements from heart and soil as well if they won't eat fresh liver. So now that I've hopefully given you guys an overview of vitamin A, talked about why it's so important in human development, in human reproduction, in human optimal health. 
I've given you guys a framework for what totally safe, evolutionarily consistent levels of vitamin A are. I've talked about the fact that hunter-gatherers prize this. And I've talked about the fact that you shouldn't be taking vitamin A supplements, but you need liver in your diet if you want to really thrive. Some people may say, can't I get my vitamin A from carrots? And the answer is really no. Uh, there is a common mutation, there's common polymorphism in human genetics in the BCMO gene, which results in only a fraction of the population, perhaps 60 to 70% of the population, being able to convert beta carotene to retinoic acid in any reasonable amount. So that means 30 to 40% of the population can't really even do that conversion. You can't get vitamin A from beta carotene in carrots or sweet potatoes or yellow and orange vegetables. But furthermore, <laughs> Why would you not get all the other nutrients found in liver, which are not in those foods? Biotin, choline, carnitine, zinc, manganese, copper, all these valuable things, vitamin K2, et cetera. So this is a fascinating study. Bioconversion of dietary pro-vitamin A carotenoids to vitamin A in humans. What I wanna highlight is this point here, a summary of the major human studies that determine conversion factors for dietary beta carotene to retinol is presented here. These data show that the conversion efficiency of dietary beta carotene to retinol is in the range of 3.6 to 28 to one by weight, which means that you need 3.6 to 28 times as much beta carotene to get the, an equivalent amount of bioavailable retinoic acid into retinol palmitate, bioavailable vitamin A in humans. Now, this is something I talked about in the book that I thought was really striking. If you do the conversion for this and you look, you look at the RDA, the recommended daily allowance of vitamin A in humans, and you want to get that from plant foods, the most rich plant food in beta carotene is sweet potatoes. For most individuals, you would have to eat about a pound of sweet potatoes a day to get the RDA for vitamin A, assuming that you don't have BCOMO polymorphisms that prevent you from making this conversion in the first place. Why would you not just get this from liver? It makes a whole lot more sense, doesn't it? So in summary, vitamin A found in food is essential for human optimal health, especially found in organs like liver. This is why we do what we do at Heart and Soil. This is why I built the company because most of you don't wanna eat fresh liver. If you do, that's amazing, electronic high five. If you don't, that's why we make desiccated organ supplements. Hopefully this guy, this allays your fears about vitamin A in pregnancy and actually starts to turn some of those on its head and suggest that vitamin A is essential for pregnancy. And if you want a healthy baby, if you wanna either conceive, if you wanna have healthy hormones, to have libido, to make a healthy baby, or you wanna grow a healthy baby, getting a reasonable amount of liver per day is ideal for humans. Get it from grass-fed, grass-finished animals, get it from great farms like Volcampo or White Oak, get it from Force of Nature and their organ grinds, get it from grass-fed Costa Rica if you're here in Costa Rica, or get it from us at Heart and Soil if you want the desiccated organ supplements. You can always find us at heartandsoil.co. Aim for one to two ounces of liver per day. If you have concerns, refer back to the earlier point of the video where I talked about labs, you can always email us radicalhealth at hardensoil.co if you have questions about which supplements might be right for you or how to construct an animal-based diet like George St. Pierre, or if you just wanna chat and send me photos of you doing awesome things. I'm certainly doing awesome things in Costa Rica. I love you all. I hope this video is helpful. If you have more questions, send them to us there and we'll keep doing these videos. I do the controversial thoughts videos every Friday and I do them based on your questions. So when I got a bunch of questions about vitamin A toxicity this week, change my plans, this video just for you guys. Love you all. Stay radical. Reclaim your birthright to radical health. You know how to do it.